Welcome. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. Glad to have you. Time to start talking about some Eastern Conference, Western Conference uh, NBA playoff talk. Also, the end of the Bucks season. Bucks uh, fall yesterday to the Celtics. Celtics now move on. And uh, as we had heard from Coach Budenholzer just before the top of the hour, uh, very emotional time. And also, uh, you know, just just tough because uh, they didn't have, you know, Chris Middleton on the floor. And you got to be good. You got to be healthy. You got to be hot. And you got to be lucky. All those things have to come into play. And, and uh, unfortunately, a couple of things just bit them uh, here in this particular series. Joining us now uh, from NBC Sports, NBA writer bas- at Basketball Talk over there on Twitter, Kurt Heenland now joining us. Kurt, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And by the way, I'm glad you mentioned luck in there because, like, I think that gets underrated. Like Michael Jordan did win championships without like catching some breaks. Like it just, it's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I go back to everything I've ever said to be a champion. You got to have those four characteristics. You got to be good to start off with. You got to be hot at the right time. And then you got to have some luck and some health play into it. And that's the way you win it. So, you know, I understand the bucks, their luck when it came to health, not having Chris Middleton, that hurt them, but they won games without Chris Middleton. To me, it was the fact that they didn't defend the three very well, and when they needed big buckets the most down the stretch, they weren't able to hit them. It just kind of came down to that. Yeah, this as much as we want to make this, and, and there were certainly X's and O's, and you can get into, hey, you know, more shot creation on the wing, a little depth. Like You can nitpick around the edges of this, but at the end of the day, in, in Game 7, Grant Williams at all, they, they hit the shots. And Bucks didn't really quite knock them down. And then it, it's sometimes just that simple. It's sometimes just as simple as Giannis looked a little tired at the end. Other guys were not quite knocking down shots, and, and the Celtics got rolling at home. Uh, role players are more comfortable at home, and it, that's it. Like, it, it's a different it, – a million things can make this a different series and a different game. You know, it, let's put it this way: it wasn't uh, it wasn't Phoenix. Like it, this game could have swung on right. small things. So for the Bucks going into next season, we all want to kind of speculate as to what direction they're going to go. We know that Chris Middleton's going to heal up and he's going to be back, and they're still going to have Holiday yeah. and Giannis and such. Uh, you got to figure out how much uh, you know Brook Lopez has left in the tank. I would say Brook Lopez with a healthy back now, he's still a pretty good defender, and they're one of the best paint defenders in the league. But what else does this team need? Do they need another athletic defender on the outside, or is it more shooters? I, I think. Depth, depth at three and D kind of guys, which the problem is there's 29 other teams looking for those players. Like wing players who can defend and shoot have incredible value around the league. Um, and it, they, they don't come cheaply anymore. And, and you can ask the Lakers what happens when you decide, you know, we don't need them. We can just get another star. Like those are the kind of players that I think really would have come in value uh, a little with all with all due respect to how well I think he tried to play in game in game seven like less Grayson Allen and more of a guy who could fill that role who's a little bigger and is a little better defender consistently helps um, and I think that the good news is guys will want to look if you, you know if you go in to play with Giannis and you're going to play in Milwaukee you're getting a shot at a ring and that gives you some leverage going into negotiations with some of these guys I mean Look, money's money, but and it's always the top. Look, it's a business. That's always the, the most important thing. But mm-hmm. all things being equal, there's plenty of guys who will go chase a 
go go where they think they can win, and and the Bucks have that. So I think it's more that and not overreacting to to one game. The uh, the use of George Hill when he finally did come back. Now I know that they've got that history going back to when uh, you know Bud was an assistant coach under Pop back with the San Antonio Spurs, and George Hill was kind of that defensive guy and a guy that is a coach on the floor, but. I thought maybe George Hill's minutes were probably a little bit too much. Uh, Javon Carter was waiting there. He could have played a, a role in this, defensively yeah. speaking and such. I thought that they had some other options. Do you think that that Bud used George Hill wisely in this thing? I think Bud tends to, and, and he's gotten better about this, but I still think he tends to stick with what he believes in and knows as opposed to wow, that's not really working. I can see it's not working. I'm willing to change that up. And I think the best playoff coaches are just ruthless, right? And they're like, all right, that's not where, you know, Steven Adams in in Memphis this year, I, I know you started all these games. We're benching you in the first round because it's a bad matchup. Like but by three minutes into game one, that's, I think sometimes Bud doesn't do that enough um and they could use he could use a little more of that i don't think george hill was working but i also don't know that again especially with middleton out i just don't know that there were great options in his place although i would have i'm with you i would have played more carter because at least you know you're getting defense uh, I wanted to ask you because we all talk about the, the the players and the personnel that could be changed. It could, he could be losing one of his key guys in in yes. Darvin Ham, one of his bench coaches. How big of a loss? If, first of all, do you see Darvin Ham being a head coach this next coming season? And do you think that it is a major loss when you lose your assistant bench coach? Um, it is a loss. I, it is distinctly possible. Uh, there's just there's not a lot of openings and first off, he just deserves a shot somewhere. I, I, he's the guy, I, he's maybe at the top of my, how has he not gotten a shot yet list? Um, but some of you look at the openings, um, I, I can't believe the Lakers are going to bring in a first-time coach into that win-now situation where, let's just call that a challenging coaching job. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, that's that that's going to be with high expectations. And I think that, you know, again, I think some of the other jobs out there, it's just not, you know, Charlotte would be a good fit, but I don't, they, it looks like they've kind of, they're leaning to Mike D'Antoni and we'll see what else happens. Um, if not now, soon he should get it. I think if, I think it stings, but I also think if you've developed the right culture um, and a depth that, that it's, that it's, it's not the end of the world. Like Mike Brown's going to leave, um, Steve Kerr's staff at the end of this year, they'll be fine. Like Mike Brown didn't bring value as a defensive coach to them, but they've established such a culture that they're going to be fine. I, th- I think Bud has done that in Milwaukee. As much as as much as it would sting a little bit, and they'd miss him, I think that they they will survive. So let's talk about the matchups. You've got uh, Boston uh, on the road taking on Miami and obviously Golden State and what Dallas has done. So let's start in the East. Uh, Boston just so strong right now, shooting the basketball beyond three, and they're going to match up against Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and such down in Miami, and I get that. But Boston seems to be the better of the two. Uh, Give me your thoughts on that series. Look, I'm with you, and I think the other thing that Bucks fans can can – look back on or feel better about in this 
that was the best second round series, the best played second round series, the highest level second round series by by a long shot, frankly. Um, Miami, I'm really curious because I don't think they're playing as well as Boston right now, but they might be capable of it, right? Like they're the one team if pushed, if Jimmy Butler is playing like all NBA bubble Jimmy Butler. Um, they have this elite player in Bam Adebayo. They've got shooting. They've got, again, a strong culture and depth. I'm still picking Boston in that series in six, but I think Miami is the one. Miami is capable of rising to that level of play. They just haven't had to yet. So I'm curious. I'm curious how they respond and if they can physically hold up to a Boston team that's going to come in just battle tested and, you know, iron sharpens iron. They're just coming in playing amazing basketball. What we saw to Jason Tatum in this series was like taking it to another level. Is that sustainable? I think he is. I think it is. I think that this is, um, I think he's capable of being this guy. Um, and I think you've seen it in flashes in other places, including, by the way, second half of the gold medal game in the Olympics. Like there, there's moments where he's kind of in, in a crowd of great players. He has stepped up and looked like that kind of guy. Um, I, I, I think he ultimately is one of the top five players in the league and, and we'll, we'll be there for a while along with Giannis. And I, I guess that Luca guy is pretty good and some others. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think, I think he's, I think he's reached that plateau. Talking with uh, Kurt Heelan, NBC Sports NBA writer at Basketball Talk over on Twitter. You can find him there. And then the other series gets underway on Wednesday night, and that's the Mavericks on the road taking on the Warriors, as I had mentioned. You mentioned Luka, Steph Curry. Obviously, you've got superstar talent in this matchup. Does Do the Mavericks uh, – I, I love Luka and what he's done, and what they did to the Phoenix Suns was just unbelievable to watch that game. But is do they have that capability to overcome the scoring onslaught that the Warriors can bring you? Yeah, because it hasn't been the, – the Warriors were sloppy in beating um, – I mean, they were able to win in six over a gritty um, uh, and, frankly, just fun. Like, everybody wants to see the Grizzlies do well. The Warriors, even up until game six, were sloppy until the fourth quarter. Like, they, if they do that in the next round, they're going to have to raise their level of play. And I've kind of said this all along with them. The theory of the Warriors, the idea of what their peak is to me – can hang with anybody, but they haven't executed at that level kind of all season. And they certainly haven't had to so far through the postseason. Um, they're capable of it, but I kind of like Dallas. Yeah. I just kind of think Luca's playing on a high. They've got shooters. They found their secondary shot creation. It's kind of crazy how they traded Chris Tapp's Porzingis at the deadline. They were the eighth seed. And they kind of did it for like, hey, we're going to free up some cap space, and that'll let us go after another star or whatever we're going to, whatever moves we're going to make this off season. And it forced them into a certain style of play. And they're like, oh wait, how that works? <laughs> and suddenly, Max right. Kleber is knocking down everything. And it 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 may be more happenstance than plan, but they've fallen into something that really works, and they're a pretty good defensive team. And I think they're going to, I think the Warriors are in for a tough one. I kind of like Dallas in this series. And I like the depth with uh, Dinwiddie. I, I think he can not only give you some assists, yeah. but he also coming off the bench and giving you a scoring prowess. I, I, I agree with you. I really like what they do there. Uh, but now you go to, you know, Golden State, and obviously they've been in this situation before where they're, uh, you know, a hell of a team, and we all know what Steph's prowess is. 
Uh, what does Golden State, other than just not play sloppy basketball, what do they need to do to kind of get over? I think that they've got to be a little more focused defensively too, and 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 they've done that for stretches. They they've done they have been a very good defensive team for stretches. Um, that is a you started to see Phoenix have some success with it, and then they weren't able to sustain it. But there is something to a, a Jordan rules: let Luca get his, don't let him get everybody else involved. Like if if Brunson's getting buckets and Dinwiddie's getting buckets and Kleba's knocking down corner threes, you're in trouble. Um, but if you can quiet the other guys a little bit and just, hey, Luca went off for forty and fifteen, but nobody else really got going you can live with that and i i think they're capable of that but again i just what worries me is that they just haven't executed that and they haven't built the good habits consistently and they're going to have to this is this is the round where they're i love memphis like i said but they were a young team learning hard lessons and you're not gonna be able to do that against dallas dallas is ready uh, in the prediction, sure to go wrong. Originally, I had the Bucks and Golden State. Now I have the Celtics and Golden State. You are uh, kind of leaning more towards Dallas in this sense, facing off against the Celtics. Yeah, yeah Cel- Celtics and Dallas. I think that that's. I'm leaning that way, much to the. Dis- <laughs> I quietly, just between you and me, I'm, I'm rooting for the Warriors only because I'm based in Los Angeles and I got a kid graduating high school this year so i got to fly home during the middle of the finals and it's a whole lot easier <laughs> from san francisco <laughs> but right I got a feeling that's how life that's how life works out anyway it's going to be whatever is more difficult It'll, but i just right. like the way dallas is playing right okay there you go i tell you what kurt we'll touch base again as the series goes on but thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes okay hey take care thank you Appreciate it so much. Kurt Heelan, NBC Sports NBA writer. You can follow him and all his commentary over there on Twitter at Basketball Talk. At Basketball Talk, you can find his stuff, and he joined us on the hotline. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit BBQ. Burn Pit Barbecue, and uh, it is barbecuing season. Not that any other time of year isn't, but once you hit the warm winter month or warm summer months and the winter's gone, it's in the rearview mirror and you're outside, the grill's ready to go. You're out there, you're buying your propane or you're throwing in the charcoal or you're throwing in the wood pellets, whatever it happens to be, and the smoker's gone. You don't forget the sauces and the rubs. That's our friends from Burn Pit Barbecue, burnpitbbq.com. Veteran owned. Right here in the state of Wisconsin, going on two years in business, they continue to grow, they continue to expand, they continue to get bigger and better, and they do it with a personal touch, and they're just genuinely good people. Go to BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. Your taste buds will thank you. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hopefully you're uh, enjoying the day and uh, not necessarily the Bucks loss, but hopefully you're enjoying the uh, the weather, the fact that the Brewers are coming back home. They got a win yesterday. The Admirals got a win. They advance in the Calder Cup finals, uh, in the playoffs, I should say. So some things, not a bad way to go. Some things, not a bad way to go. 
Um, I will say this. Uh, earlier, we had uh, Tony hit me up over on the uh, the Bud Light live stream and pissed me off when I was going through the uh, my thoughts on the violence in the city of Milwaukee and pissed me off. I'm going to apologize to Tony. Um, I took I took what he said to me over on the Bud Light live stream as kind of a weird comment after talking about violence in the city. All he wanted to know about was where I lived. And it's kind of like, well, that's what you had to say. But I let my emotions get the best of me. So sometimes that happens. Uh, he shot me a note. Uh, he wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I thought he was. I thought it was sarcasm. And so I took it the wrong way. And sometimes when we read things rather than actually hear someone speak, it is uh, not the best of ways to go. And uh, so I'm going to, you know, Tony, uh, we, we will have a cigar and break bread together again. And uh, no problem, man. Good stuff. I apologize. I'm sorry. And uh, sometimes it sometimes it happens. Doesn't condone it, but it is what it is. So I want you to understand. So thank you. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. So I wanted to go back over on Twitter. Um, John hits us up. And he says, perhaps regarding the uh, signing of Jair Alexander and the Green Bay Packers and the way things are going right now, he says, perhaps uh, that's not the plan as far as bringing in another wide receiver. And the idea that they've had of shifting away from the offense the way it rolls, going from a pass-happy offense to a run-first offense and the use-role player of wide receivers to move the ball, Brady did it for years in New England with Gronk. Uh, now they have and can establish a top five defense that might be possible. John, you're not far off, okay? If you cannot beat them with offense, then you have to beat them with defense. I, that's what the direction the Packers went. I, I get that. But Tom Brady still threw the ball quite a bit. They, they moved the sticks consistently, but he still had a go-to guy, a downfield guy. Um, whether it was Julian Edelman or whomever, you know, it wasn't a big name, but it was a guy that constantly just figured it out, figured out a way to get open downfield and be able to take the lid off the offense. So I look at it as, first of all, you're not going to take the ball out of the hand consistently of your MVP. He makes plays. He just does. So I, you're not going to go to a run-heavy offense, but I think what you're going to see is a – spread the ball around a lot offense. You know, I, I just I I just don't think that they're I, I think you're still gonna see the use of the running back, but I don't think you're gonna see the use of the running back in the sense of we're just going to run the football. I think what you're going to see is rollouts, motion I don't think you're going to see the ride and decide offense because that's not what they do. But the RPO stuff, maybe for Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you know. Um, I, I think you'll consistently still see that. But I think you're going to see more tight end in motion, slot receivers, wide outs in motion, going from wide to slot. You know, suddenly you're going to see a, a running back being split out. You're going to see a lot of things that are going to give Aaron Rodgers coverage indicators consistently, and then Rodgers doing Rodgers stuff. So I don't think necessarily it becomes a run-heavy offense, but I think the use of the running back will become heavy, if that makes sense. 877-867-1670, 877 867 
1670. But uh, look, I'm of the belief if you are not getting drastically better uh, offensively and you're just running away with things, then my thought is then you get better defensively. Your offense will sustain you and put points on the board, but you've got to have a defense that turns the ball back over to the offense and gives them more opportunities to score points. And in addition to that, puts pressure on the opponent's defense consistently to be just as good, if not better. I think, now this is just my thought, but on paper, the way it stands right now, they're a top five defense. If you get, let's just say, Devonta Wyatt is solid. Jerron Reed, hell of a pickup. T.J. Slayton takes that next step. Jack Heflin is an admirable backup. Or Jonathan Ford, who they got in the seventh round, really gives Kenny Clark and T.J. Slayton in such a spell. you got more big bodies to rotate, along with Dean Lowry and, and such. Kenny Clark is Kenny Clark. I think up front you're solid. Then you've got Preston Smith on one side, Rashawn Gary, who's done nothing but advance and prove everybody wrong on the opposite side, which has been fantastic. Devondre Campbell running the middle along with Quay Walker. Then you still have Barnes as your backup. You, I, I think you're extremely solid. I think a guy that you, you look at some of these other guys, a guy like Ty Summers, who was a seventh round draft choice a few years back who has been stellar via special teams, and you don't, you hate to lose that, but he's going to be fighting for a job because of what we believe to be the upgrades in the middle linebacking position and the depth that's been added. Then you take Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage Jr. That's extremely solid. You throw in the re-signing of Rasul Douglas, who had a really good year. He's not this interception machine, and I don't think I can expect another season exactly what we just had out of him, but I think he's incredibly solid and in, in in an upgrade over Kevin King, right? So you've gotten deeper. You've gotten better. You still have addition. You've got Shamar Jean Charles back there. You've got others back there you'd like to see, like a, a Tariq Carpenter at the strong safety position, emerge. You'd like to see one of your street-free agents, you know, typically uh, be able to continue to an upward progression or – or, or Chauncey, what is it, Manic, Monic, uh, Raleigh Texada, um, or Raleigh Texada. You know, somebody take another step forward and continue to get better, you know? So uh, Chauncey Manic, while I was mentioning him, I was thinking of him as an outside linebacker, not a corner. But what I'm saying is, is that your depth position, some of the guys that are going to be pay- playing backup on this defense, I think the defense got exponentially better. Are they a top five defense? We'll wait statistically to find out, but I think they're a better defense today than they were even at the end of the season. And at the end of the season, remember, they had a stellar game against San Francisco. It's just <laughs> the offense and special teams failed both at the same time, unfortunately. You could have survived one without the other, but not with both of them failing at the same time. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Now, if you want to talk about the off-season grades, Pro Football Focus just put it out there. They just put out their off-season grades, and I want to get into this, and I, I think you'll be a little surprised. And we'll ask you first what you think the off-season grade has been for the Green Bay Packers. Okay, what do you, if you're going to put a grade on it, what has been the off-season grade for the Green Bay Packers overall, overall? We'll get into that discussion when we come back because I, I think you'll find it somewhat exciting. Uh, in addition to that, also, we'll also go through the rest of the NFC North just to see where others are, just to see where others are. 
But we'll, we'll take a look at the NFC North as well. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hey, uh, you're looking now live, if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, out of the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. That's a Pella window you're looking live out of. Uh, the uh, overview of the Outback, if you will. And Pella has a lot of great deals. Don't get me wrong. But right now at Pella, they are uh, wanting to keep the heat out and the cool in and then flip it come the fall. Or maybe if you're like me, you got the windows wide open today because you're creating that really nice cross breeze. And instead of it being, uh, you know, un ungodly hot inside and, and less warm outside or vice versa come uh, the wintertime, it's just a nice cross breeze. The windows keep it perfect. Perfect. Year-round. They're the home team year-round. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin in the dead of winter, the heat of summer, everything in between. They got you covered for energy efficiency. Energy efficiency made beautiful. I like that term. Energy efficiency made beautiful. They have numerous, six different types of windows rather than just like one or two like many of the replacement window companies. they got a couple of lines of vinyl. They've got the Impervia. Three different beautiful lines of wood, whether it's traditional, contemporary, whatever it happens to be. That's what they have to offer. And then you take innovations like the roll screen, the screen inside the glass, or, say, different types of hardware. How about the slider window, which has won awards as well? So many different things for Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And they've got different ways to finance it, different deals going on right now. And all you got to do is call 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI or simply go to PellaWI.com. That's 855-PELLA-WI or simply go to PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com and see everything that they have to offer. Check out our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. More of the Bill Michaels Show. You tell me what you think of the offseason grade for the Green Bay Packers. And Pro Football Focus just moments ago came out with theirs. We'll see if it jives. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisconsinites, we know. We're not snobby. We're not pretentious. We know we got good values. We uh, enjoy a, a good bottle of vino every now and then. We enjoy our beers. We enjoy our whiskey old fashions. But uh, when it comes to wine, you know, it's not like we're going to Mandavi all the time and getting the top of the line or whatever it happens to be. Whatever. I don't even know what the best wines out there are. I couldn't honestly tell you. But I know one thing. Uh, when it comes to Midwestern Charm at its finest, uh, Forgotten Fire Winery, they got it. Fun in a bottle. That's what we want. Good wines, tasty wines, stuff that tastes good, drinks good, smooth, that kind of thing. Made right here in Wisconsin. Made Wisconsin ways from Wisconsin people for Wisconsin people and well beyond the borders. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. And if you want to stop in in Peshtigo, which is where the winery is, and you want to go to the tasting room, you can do so. If you want to stop in and check out some music on the weekend, you can do so. Do a little wine tasting, enjoy some music, whatever that happens to be. If you would like to have an event there, you can do so. Uh, but if, say, you don't go to Peshtigo anytime soon, you can still get, forget Forgotten Fire Wines at your local grocery store. You can also find them inside some of the better liquor stores. You can also track them down 
at places like Total Wine and such like that. Stop in, and if you don't see it, ask for it. Say, hey, uh, Forgotten Fire Winery. I want to keep it in Wisconsin-based, man. Wisconsin-based, ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com are good people up there. And stop into the grocery stores, the liquor stores, the wine stores, all that kind of stuff. Ask for it. Say, ask for it by name. Say, do you have anything by Forgotten Fire Winery? And uh, see all that they have to offer. Again, at ForgottenFireWinery.com. So the offseason, still in full flux. And just moments ago, uh, Pro Football Focus put out their grades for every team this offseason thus far. What is your grade? What is your grade for the uh, Green Bay Packers? What is your grade for the Green Bay Packers? 877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. What is your grade for the Green Bay Packers? So here's what Pro Football Focus had to say about the pack in grading out their postseason, offseason, so to speak. Said it's hard to look beyond trading away Devontae Adams, particularly when they didn't want to. Unlike the Tariq Hill situation in Kansas City, Green Bay was actually prepared to match the contract that the Raiders were going to hand Adams. Just not until they'd already positioned themselves or, or, you know, kind of poisoned relations, so to speak, with Adams to the point that he didn't even want to come back. Okay. At the point Adams was determined to leave, the team did about as well as it could have in terms of compensation, but letting it get that far seems to be an error. Okay? Would you agree? I don't know. I I don't know if they had a choice because of everything going on with, with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if they had a choice, to be quite honest with you. They had to wait and see what Aaron was going to do before. And, and, and I mean, if anything, if Devontae was mad, he, he shouldn't have been mad at the organization. He probably should have been mad at his quarterback. So anyway, replacing Adams is going to be Sammy Watkins in addition to uh, day two and three draft picks with North Dakota State's Christian Watson as the first receiver drafted at number 34 overall, and then Nevada's Romeo Dubs in the fourth round. Both players have a lot of potential but need a lot of refining, so it's hard to imagine that this offseason not taking a step backward, or this offense, I should say, not taking a step backwards. Resigning Aaron Rodgers at least keeps them perennially in the hunt and their draft overall represented an excellent haul. Devontae Wyatt should make a major impact on day one, while offensive lineman Zach Tom and edge defender Kingsley and Agbarry uh, could be significant depth contributors as well. They give the Green Bay Packers a B- minus for their offseason. Their free agency grade is below average, so it's below a C. And their draft grade is a B+. Plus. You with me? The uh, Detroit Lions, as we look around the rest of the NFC North, the Detroit Lions offseason grade has been an A-, minus. their free agency grade above average, and their draft grade an A+. plus. The only thing the Lions failed to do this offseason was add a clear franchise quarterback for the future. But in the multi-year rebuild project that they have undertaken, there is no guarantee that was ever planned at this stage anyway, as it could have always been planned to come in year three when everything else is already in place. In free agency, DJ Chark, 
represents an excellent example of the kind of gamble that teams should take on a receiver. He has a rare speed and physical tool ability, but hasn't put it all together just yet. The Lions continue to add perimeter speed in the draft by trading up for Jamison Williams, whose game speed is on a whole other level. Landing Aiden Hutchinson with the number two overall pick is a gift. The Lions must have thought was an improbable result for most of the process. Hutchinson may not have quite the same theoretical upside as Trayvon Walker, but he has been far better as a player to date and likely brings a much higher floor to the table. So that's the Lions. That's the Lions. Meanwhile, in Chicago, the Bears offseason a C, their draft a B minus, their free agency grade average. The new regime in Chicago was in a tough spot. When they took over, the Bears were not in a position with stockpiled resources and cap space to immediately take a major stride in a positive direction, and there was some tearing down required before they could begin the rebuild. Trading away Khalil Mack was one of the first significant moves that they made. Allen Robinson also departed, removing two of the team's best players in recent years with little in the way of ready-made replacements. Uh, receiver uh, Brian Pringle and offensive lineman Lucas Patrick represent the kind of low-priced roll of the dice that they were interested in making as they were hoping to upgrade incrementally without uh, much cash outlay while building through the draft. When it came to the draft, they picked up a couple of uh, selections that they did to help out Justin Fields. Uh, Volus Jones Jr. Uh, looked excellent in his last season in college, but he is two years older than Fields and will be 25-year-old rookie. And then you kind of go from there. In the meantime, then you got Minnesota. So the Bears were average at best. The Lions are an A-plus for the most part. And then you've got the Minnesota uh, Minnesota Vikings, who offseason grade C-plus. Their free agency below average. Their draft grade was a B. The Vikings offseason has been about roster maintenance rather than a complete overhaul that many expected. The Vikings found like-for-like replacements for outgoing players, such as defensive tackle Michael Pierce, or offensive lineman Mason Cole with Harrison Phillips and Austin Schlotman in free agency. Jordan Hicks was an intriguing, intriguing free agent signing at linebacker, and that was augmented by picking Brian Esamoa in the third round. The pair indicates the Vikings are intent on getting more athletic and coverage-focused at that position. Much of the draft was de- dedicated to defense as well. Overall, Minnesota didn't do much wrong this offseason, but neither did they make any big moves that looks certain to transform expectations or propel this team somewhere it wasn't already destined to go. So the Packers and the Lions appear to have the best offseason. The Packers were already atop the division, only, you know, extending that lead, we'll say. And the Lions, quite possibly, depending on the year they have or next year, have closed the gap from the basement to the second-place level. Meanwhile, you got the Bears and the Vikings kind of staying the same or getting a little bit worse. Because they always say in the NFL, if you're, if you're staying the same, you're getting worse. That's the way the NFC shakes out, NFC North shakes out. So, you tell me, what do you think this offseason has been grade-wise for the Green Bay Packers? Grade-wise for the Green Bay Packers. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Also, we're going to hear Patrick Beverly, who was on first take and get up and such this morning, 
talking about Grayson Allen and his play for the Milwaukee Bucks. Got that coming up a little bit later on in the program as well. We'll hear more from Giannis, more from uh, Drew Holiday. So we got a lot more to get to today on the program. Stay tuned. Stay right where you're at. We're going to get back to it. I want to thank our friends at JL Tire Service, uh, Lyle and the gang. They're fantastic people. They're just good people you can trust with your vehicle. And in today's day and age, that's tough when everybody else is just out to make a lot of money. Go to JNLTire.com. Tires, brakes, oil changes, major repair, coolant, refrigerant, whatever for your air conditioning service right now. They can do that as well. If you're an over-the-road driver, tractor, trailer, whatever it happens to be, semi, they can help you there too. They, they have the garages for it right off of 94, just north of 94 at Johnson Creek. Check out JNLTire.com. That is JNLTire.com, and they do great work, philanthropic work in the community. Another reason to go and support JNL Tire. We'll be back right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. A new year, a new season, more things to do. You can check out our friends at Cunis RV. Go to CunisRV.com. That is Cunis, K-U-N-E-S. CunisRV.com, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. They are your travel and camping experts. And if you're in the market for a motorhome, a fifth wheel, uh, talk about camper vans, travel trailers, they got you covered. Uh, Winnebago, Redwood, Crossroads, Sunset Trail, Nexus, Thor, Gulfstream, Forest River, Dutchman, Coachman, Catalina. I can go on and on. I mean, all those brands, they carry them all. Uh, One of their many dealerships as they continue to grow throughout the state. Stop into any of them and see what they have to offer. And Cunis also offers top dollar. I mean, everybody offers top dollar for your trading, but they really do. They go over and above to get the deal done for you. And if you're uh, looking for uh, maybe to sell yours and you don't want to deal with all the people kicking the tires and walking through it and such, uh, then go ahead and get a hold of Cunis. They offer consignment as well. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. Uh, right there in Elkhorn is where I go, and you go in and see Scott Remmer and his staff and Richie back there in service and everybody. Good people, really good people. That's where we go. Uh, but uh, they have them all over the place. they got them in Sheboygan, Green Bay. You start to go out towards La Crosse. You go up uh, 39. They've got them there. they got they got RV dealers all over the state of Wisconsin. And out in Madison. So go to Cunis, K U N E S RV.com. Cunis RV.com. That is Cunis RV.com. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. We'll talk some more Bucks basketball coming up here in the next hour. Uh, our buddy Mike and West Dallas on hold. Mike, what's going on, man? What you thinking? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Bill? Still recovering. Doing well today. I wish we were talking about the yeah, I wish we were talking about the Bucks playing tomorrow night, but uh, I'll take the run they had. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think the Celtics are going to beat the Heat, so they can take solace in that, have, not having Middleton. But uh, anyways, I, I'd give the Packers a solid B uh, in terms of their offseason grade. I'll, I'll start off with the good first. I like the Jerron Reed signing. I felt that was a low-risk, high-reward type signing. I think Goody has done a good job of that uh, since he's been in the fold. I mean, their defense is absolutely stacked. You got, you now have two defensive tackles 
that can not only stop the run, but they can also provide pass rush as well. I mean, how many teams in the NFL can say that? Not mm-hmm. many. Uh, they right. have two fast linebackers who are now two three-down linebackers that can not only stop the run, but they can also cover. That allows you to have two linebackers in on nickel packages uh, where you have a stronger run defense instead of having a safety uh, in the box who's not as strong against the run. However, let me now go with the bat. I mean, it, it's the elephant in the room. Everybody knows it. Their biggest need was wide receiver uh, going into the offseason this year. Uh, they addressed it by an early second-round pick, which is a, a significant asset, a fourth-round pick, and then a minimum you know, free agent in Sammy Watkins. However, uh, Jair Alexander, that signing, I think, changes things because I think they now can add another wide receiver uh, to that room. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but didn't – uh, how much do you know? How much cap space they freed up by uh, signing Jair Alexander to that extent? Uh, about a, about eleven, little 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 more than eleven, from what I understand. Yeah, so they can they can pretty much add anybody they want at this point. Um, I know who I want in terms of a veteran free agent wide receiver. Do you have anybody in mind, Bill, that you'd like to see? Well, I, I mean, you start with uh, Jarvis Landry, and that's the guy that's probably the got the best ability out there on the open market, but uh, he was also wanting $20 million a year, and he's not going to get that in Green Bay. So I I wouldn't know necessarily, um, you know, who else would be sitting out there um, that I haven't kind of paid attention to it, but everybody wants to talk about the, the big names and know Julio Jones. Oh, that's right. Jarvis Landry was signed by New Orleans. So Landry's gone. Uh, Julio Jones is the next name that's out there. But my guess is that after the June 1st cuts, you might see one or two guys that are going to come on the open market that may kind of fit what it is you do. So I would assume that after June 1st or as you get closer to cut downs in training camps, the Packers are probably going to see a guy or two they like and maybe go in that direction. Gotcha. Yeah. I wanted Landry as well, but at this point, I'd love to see Will Fuller uh, in a Packers uniform. I know health mm-hmm. has always, you know, kind of been an issue, but I think you're going to be able to get him at the same deal that Landry got, which was, you know, a, a kind of a minimum heavy incentive laden deal. Um, I think Will Fuller could immediately step into that MBS role uh, and be that deep threat. So if you look mm-hmm. at their wide receivers, if they signed Fuller, you'd have Christian Watson. Will Fuller and then Sammy Watkins as your one, two, and three. I mean, you got a lot more, you got faster and you got a lot more explosive uh, in that wide receiver room because any one of those guys can take the top off the defense. So that's what I would love to see because, you know, if if he only plays half the year, so be it. You know, you still sign Sammy Watkins to kind of be your number three wide receiver. So I'd, I'd love to see that, though. The other guy that's still available that could be middle of the season could be a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. That's, true. that's that's another I, guy. That could be another guy. But I would I like you said. I mean, I would wait until the middle of the season to see you know right. how he's progressing after the surgery and everything because you don't even know if he's going to play this year. Right. Um, right. No, I agree. He, yeah, but if he can play, you know, uh, later in the season and into the playoffs, I think it'd be worth it midseason. But I think you can't you can't really count on that. So I would sign a Will Fuller now and then maybe you know midseason you could add a guy like OBJ. Mm-hmm. Yep, no doubt. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Who else is going to be of it? No, I don't want to see Antonio. Mark says Antonio Brown. I don't want to see Antonio Brown. 
Mark, no. No. You know what? It's one thing if he just got pissed off at management and he refused not to show up because of some kind of a contract dispute, and you think, okay, he's a head case, but maybe he can help you. But this guy quit on his team. He went out in spectacular fashion, and I I don't want to see him anywhere near Green Bay. I, I just don't. Don't want it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Going to hear some more from inside the locker room after yesterday. Also, uh, a little chatter about Grayson Allen. When we come back, we'll get back into the Packers' offseason moves. Pro Football Focus says it's a B-minus for the Packers. They've done extremely well in certain areas. The only area that uh, they really kind of stubbed their toe in was allowing Devontae Adams to get out the door, but I think it opened the door for some of the other moves that have been made. So good stuff there. Still another hour of the program yet to go. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Growth Law Firm, one of the best biker law firms in the country. G-R-O-T-H, Growth Law Firm. Look them up. Go Growth Law Firm, G-R-O-T-H, also a proud sponsor of the Big Units Motorcycle Ride, the 15th anniversary. You can see us over on the Bud Light live stream right now. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.